Amplified. All right, welcome everybody to the Amnon Martinez podcast. Um, it's the Monday after the Super Bowl. Um, what did you think about the game? You don't care less about football, right? right? I don't care about it, but it was fun. It's just fun to like do it, to like just kind of like uh, just to like jump in and then uh, enjoy the yeah, celebrate, whatever you know. It's kind of fun though. It's yeah, not, right. It was fun. It yeah. was. I had a good time. Yeah. Um, our team lost. Yeah. Well, you didn't choose a team until uh, you, until the team won. <laughs> then you were like, "Oh, Rams all the way." <laughs> no, I mean, I was rooting for the Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. Bengals. Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals. I didn't have a team either, but it's fun too. Like. Yeah. I started drinking at noon. So how do you noon? Feel? Huh? How do you feel? I feel actually pretty good. I slept good. But yeah, t you know, it's Monday. It's that typical Monday. But but our next guest is not typical. Like our next guest is Parranderos Latin Combo. It's a local band. Everybody knows them. They just... Not so local anymore. Not so local, yeah. But they're, they're kinda, still local. They're kind of more international. They're local. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I bet you regretted that, like yeah. the instant it left your, like it just escaped your lips. Yeah. Like, why, why, yeah. Why I was like, that? I'm gonna say uh, that, and it's gonna be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, I shouldn't try that. But anyways, they're local. They just put an album together, their second album, and they came and they spoke with us and they broke down, you know, what it all took to get this album put together, which is kind of crazy. It's kind of wild, huh? Yeah. You were there. Yep. On the recording. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what were you what did you think? You what fucking recording? asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a really hard time today. Yeah. Paying attention. Okay, so what did you think about Paranderos conversation that Oh yeah. Had? I had a good time. I had a really good time. Just uh sitting over there. The music is dope. Yeah, that's it's very different too. It's amazing, like, the quality of the sound. And then after you hear how they put it together, though, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean, the engineering part is, like, legit, yeah. solid. But then the most legit part are the musicians. Yes. So, yeah, it's just wild. Yeah, yeah. It's wild because, like, I've been around the Paranderos pretty much the, the whole time they've uh -huh. been around. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, they just like. Is this the best they, version yeah, of they, the Baranderos? Oh yeah, they totally leveled up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. So we, you know, we listened to the record before we met them. So we talked about the some specific songs, and um, you know, just what it took. So this is an exciting one because they have a CD release coming up at Woolies this coming Saturday, February nineteenth. Uh, so it should be a dope party. We already bought tickets for the whole office. Um, tickets are selling out. But I want to thank Ryan and Fernando for coming and making time for us. So this is uh, Parranderos Latin Combo and their new album, Chantaje. El Chantaje. El Chantaje. And they go in on the name too. So there's it's a really good conversation. So everybody... Listen to this, share it, and then go buy the tickets and go buy their album. And we'll see you guys on Saturday. Peace. Okay, let me start with this. Like, El Gran Chantaje. Like, the, give us the name the, the name of it. Like, where it came from, what. We'll go right into it. Let's jump. <laughs> okay, okay, sure, sure. Yeah. What go for it, Fer. Oh, okay. Uh, so, we are Parranderas Latin Combo. Mm -hmm. uh, gracias por la invitación. Amner, uh, Martinez Podcast, Production, Kenji, el sensei. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> eh, Parranderos Latin Combo eh, empezó cuando Ryan y yo nos conocimos. Uh -huh. eh, obviamente para mí es un maestro. Speak English, Fernando. <laughs> You're in America. You're in America, goddammit. <laughs> no, 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 I, no, I understand. But only the first part would be in Spanish. Oh, so El Gran Chantaje was like originally your idea of the of the, of the the group name. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the ideas. It okay. was one of the ideas. And 
when we started to record it, we were going, we were thinking about rebranding essentially and going to Grupo Chantaje. Okay. But because Paranderos Latin Combo already has a following, mm -hmm. you know, we have Mary Jane, that tune out there. Right, yeah, yeah. On YouTube, it just hit a million. Yes. On YouTube, and 76% of those people are from Colombia. So throwing another and trying, trying to. <coughs> rebrand and you know shoot that out yeah 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 you know, you, you know when you see groups that say uh, with members from this group and that group mm -hmm. you know it's like we didn't want to have to do that so right, right, right. so we kept paranderos basically and instead thought of the new group and the collaboration for this album being called el gran chantai ah, i so, see i see i see so it has more to do it has less. It has less to do with the actual word chantaje as it then does the, the group story you know, and the, the group behind it. Okay. Yeah. Because so you you guys were salsa vibe. So what what was the first one? As I remember, we were talking uh, remendados, right? Yeah. But that was was that a, the like did that evolve into salsa no, vibe? No, no. Uh, at the time, I didn't know Ryan, and he was in Brazilian Sunset uh, salsa vibe with a vibraphone led uh, set list. Actually, it was uh, it was uh, at Saltinos. Well, Saltinos was the first one. That's the first group I put together, which was uh, Latin American, okay. I'm sorry, popular American music played uh -huh. with Latin American rhythms and African rhythms. Yeah. But then that turned into half of that group turned into the Snacks, the famous, the most famous, the best band in the world. Okay, those guys. <laughs> but uh, so. Uh, Jeff Karnowski and Mike Foff were part of that. They went on to start the Snacks. Um, and then the rest of the group basically started to be led by uh, Jimenez. Um, oh, un cantante salvadoreño con un mm -hmm. PhD de música de Missouri, yes. Universidad de Missouri. Okay. Que, que Alfredo, <coughs> Alfredo. Alfredo Jimenez. And we had a show. So we, you know, this is kind of, this is more than 10 years ago when Salsa Des Moines was starting and we mm -hmm. were trying to put together shows and salsa parties, essentially. Didn't have a name for the group. So Luisito, mm -hmm. um, who was a big part of Salsa Des Moines, you know, coined the name of the group, the Alfredo Jimenez Orchestra or something like that. <laughs> and eventually we were like, ah, we don't want to be called that. So <laughs> because, we were, <laughs> because we were led by a vibraphone, John Kazulermuda on vibraphone, uh -huh. um, we changed it because we did a lot of Latin jazz and salsa wasn't our main focus, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, we changed the name to Salsa Vibe. Okay. Also, I think Luisito created that too. But during that time, Fernando and I had met briefly at the Des Moines Arts Festival. Mm -hmm. <coughs> it's actually where we first met and then reconnected a few months after um, at one of the gigs that we, when we used to rent out the uh, Ruan. Mm -hmm. um, the, top, the top floor of the, the penthouse of the Ruan. Right, 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 right. And yeah. DJ Sang would be there too. Yeah, those were those were good parties. Yeah, they were pretty good. And so, that's um, you know. Then we kind of changed the group um, because we had a few more singers. Fernando, you know, ha, you know, knew a lot more of the salsa tunes we actually wanted to play. Mm -hmm. And um, and then Jose Ignacio and uh, David Escudero also joined with them. And so we had these. It was kind of an interesting group at the time because we had people coming down from Ames. We had people coming mm -hmm. from the University of Northern Iowa. Um, to play every Wednesday night at the Star Bar for right, years. Right, yeah, we used to go there. And then also Pablo Reasco was here for work for a bunch yeah. of months. He's uh, he's based in Texas, but he's originally from Ecuador, but he's a African mother from Esmeraldas and African father from Ponce, Puerto Rico. And he also sang with Salsa Vibe as soon as he got, got here. He was going crazy. He's, like going in improv for like nine minutes and the band following him. It was it was a good time for music. Is that is that part of the evolution of the name? You think because you guys are just down to play with musicians and you know invite people, so yeah, to keep the band together is, is it harder for you because you got a what's the biggest number of people you've had in the band? Uh, probably for one event, I, I don't know, sixteen, 14 right. with a clarinet. Yeah, with five horns. You know, three singers. I don't know. There's and then like people <laughs> sitting in. I mean, we had over a hundred people play at the Star Bar throughout the years. Really? And, yeah. In the groups, uh, you know, there were different combinations, not just parranderos, but it was always. But that was salsa vibe, right? Star Bar was still salsa vibe. Like, where where did parranderos kind of start to evolve? So parranderos actually started with Edwin Custodio, Edwin Eddie Colon, 
Nick Leo, Fernando, and I mm-hmm. at Mi Patria. So is that like a smaller version of, yeah. or smaller? So we could do more things besides Latin jazz. Okay. And we could focus on cumbia and different styles like that. So Nick Leo played piano in Salsa Vibe, but in Padranderos he was allowed to play, or not allowed, but was able to play uh, accordion okay. in, in uh, cuatro in different styles. We play different songs. Um and you know, uh, it developed. We developed some music that actually is on this album. Um, okay, that's where we met Pablo Riasco too. Was at uh, Mi Patria because we would play Tuesdays or something Thursdays. Thursdays yeah. uh, for dinner. And uh, he like popped around the corner and was like, "Hey, I want to sing." And we're like, "Oh, really?" You know, mm-hmm. he called in a song. I remember he called in Caballo Viejo, which I later had to learn just to make sure that I know it. Mm-hmm. And he called the, the song, and he's like, "I don't care if you don't know it." Uh, just follow me and he started singing and the band started following him really? it, it, the band bought me yeah <laughs> and uh and he did great i'm like oh my god we're so lucky this genius is in town <laughs> so you you're so so south survive evolves a little bit into plc parandero latin combo mm-hmm. then when was your first um lp what was the first album that you guys put together the first album was 2014 we were develop it we were developing developing it over about two years before we went mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> that was a, a a different group you know i mean it was more musicians from des moines but mm-hmm. um you know as far as like the horn players were all from the university of northern iowa or um you know other schools but uh we're essentially all Des Moines residents or Iowa residents mm-hmm. that when we all traveled to Puerto Rico for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were we were playing a lot of gigs. We were really busy, and essentially we went to Puerto Rico to kind of finish the album. And essentially, so okay. we were there for eight days, and I think there was twenty five people that came and and were in the space or really yeah that went for that event. Fourteen musicians or fourteen or fifteen musicians total. We Did you record everything there in those eight days, or or? Um yep, yeah, that one we finished. We had it was actually we only we only paid for five days, but we had the last day was um, uh, a fourteen hour day on a Saturday, mm. and um, Carlos Velasquez was is the engineer who mm. he's got. They have I, I don't know like over forty Latin Grammys. Okay, uh, he's engineered all kinds of groups. Um, playback <coughs> music is the name of the studio. Um, really, really great place. But uh, also with uh, the leadership of Ramon Martinez and then the assistance of Heriberto Roque, who is uh, at the time was a junior engineer at uh, Playback, and so he's also one of the engineers for our album. Mm-hmm. He's not junior anymore. He's a beast. He came all the way from Puerto Rico to record us here by Drake at Sonic Factory for the this yeah. Album. So last December, December of uh, 2020, right at the end of all the craziness, we uh-huh. spent a month um, <clears throat> with Ediberto uh, here in Des Moines, um, Sebastian Ramirez, um, and uh, Pablo came up, did his recording there. Pablo sang a song that Eddie, uh, Edwin Custodio wrote. Mm-hmm. Edwin Custodio was a Puerto Rican uh, who passed away a couple years back, um, but was an original patrandero and it was cool, you know, I mean, because we, we didn't know how we were going to finish or even start El Gran Chantaje, really. Mm-hmm. And at the last minute, nobody had anything going on in December. And we all just kind of stayed at my house and wrote and wrote music and then went to the studio. And thankfully, Eddieberto was, av- was available and really pushed us to, to keep recording. Um, <clears throat> and because he was here, you know, we were able to use him. He was the engineer at mm-hmm. Sonic Factory. Sonic okay. Factory didn't have any engineers because everybody was scared of COVID. Not because they were scared of COVID, but everybody was busy doing their th- own things. Yeah. So Eddie Beto came and we spent uh, almost 70 hours that month in the studio, laying down the foundation for El Gran Chantaje. Mm-hmm. And then, but not everything was recorded there. Um, that, uh, that opens up a story. The, you know, the foundation of the album was recorded there. Mm-hmm. And, and then each song has a different uh, list of where it was recorded and who recorded on it. Uh, so I see. The album has, you know, it's almost 40 musicians. It's a collaboration of around, I think, 38 musicians. It's amazing. I mean, Kenji and I were listening to the, to the, the music, and, I mean, it's amazing. Like, it's, it's a really good album. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really well. It's a lot of work. So uh, let me backtrack a little bit. So you you guys were uh, did the Puerto Rico uh, the album in Puerto Rico the first one. That's where Mary Jane 
is that's like your most popular song, right? That's the one that got the hit one million yeah. hits on YouTube. Yep. So we did some promotions in Colombia. There's a, a DJ in Cali okay. who helped us out. But also uh, my wife and her friend Meriahi, Kwesani and Meriahi and I were in Cali uh -huh. um, for New Year's, maybe five or six years ago. And we just walked around to every club and handed out CDs, oh. handed out CDs to all of, to, and then we did another promotion just for DJs in the area. So that's why, I mean, if you can believe it, 76% of the listens are all from one region. Really? And Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I believe it. So you guys have a pretty nice following in, in Colombia then. In Cali. In Cali. In Cali and, and, and cities around Cali. Okay. Cauca. So when you when you record the first album, I mean, when doesn't like a new album idea come about? Like, does that just evolve on its own, or or uh, just life happens? And you want to talk about the next album? I I got all the info on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me, tell me, how does that how does that chant? Oh, the the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. excellent. You know, but really, it starts like Fernando and I decide that we have enough music. Okay. Um, and then I've written grants for the last each album okay so through the iowa arts council and the national endowment for the arts thanks so much guys they yeah. they started with, with some you know basically <clears throat> uh, some seed money um it definitely is a small part of what it ends up being mm -hmm. but it definitely helps to um you know to get us going right um, pushing us in the right direction we did a lot of fundraising for the one that we went in puerto rico okay um, <clears throat> um because we all had to travel there we all finished the album there uh, there were some songs that definitely needed everybody to be in the same room in mm -hmm. same space for a week, which is tough because everybody has families. And if you're playing gigs on mm -hmm. Friday and Saturday, nobody wants to get together on Sunday or Monday, you know, right. and then everybody else gets busy throughout the week. So we had to put everybody together in one space <clears throat> uh, for this one. It's much different um, because we were able to bring the people here, mm -hmm. um, and because it was so cold, nobody had anything else to do. So, <laughs> so you brought people from Colombia, from Colombia, uh, Puerto Rico, and then Kansas City, um, and also Houston. Pablo Riasco, who's the Ecuadorian. What do they tell you when you bring them to Iowa to record? In this cold, yeah, this is a gran chantaje. Is <laughs> the offer you can't refuse. <laughs> What do they say? They say really bad things. <laughs> they say really bad things. <laughs> like, Constantly. Eddie Berto took it the worst. But, you know, uh, Juan Sebastian, he had a full ride uh, to the University of Iowa for classical piano. That's how we met him. Okay. Um, and then we stayed in touch, and I went down to Colombia to visit with him. <clears throat> um, Goizy and I did. And we kept talking about it. So this is, you know, it's, it's taken him maybe four years, three or four years probably at least. Three years. This album. Just this idea, yeah, the concepts of the album. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what happens is you just keep talking so much, you know, stuff. You keep talking, you know, smack about it all the time. And like, are we going to do that album? We're going to do right, that right, album. Right. Then eventually you say, okay, I'm going to write the grant. We're going to get the money. And then you have a, a deadline, you know, you can only use the money in a certain amount of time. That was extended because of COVID. Um, <clears throat> we were supposed to, uh, we were supposed to record in April of 2020. It was pushed back to December. But at that time, nobody had anything to do. You know, right. I mean, like there was no gigs in Colombia, uh, very few gigs in Puerto Rico. So we were able to hold on to them for a month. Um, and, uh, you know, and again, very few nights out even on the town. Right. You know, because everybody was, uh, you know. Staying uh, home. Staying home. So which one's the first song that was that you guys were like, this is this is going on the album? Probably Travesuras. Uh, it's um, Clase de Bolas. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Clase de Bolas, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clase, Clase de Bolas. bolas. Okay. It's because Those two uh, are tied. Okay. Those are tied. Did you, who write the lyrics on, on uh, Clase de Bolas? So it, it's, a, it's a process. It's, it's like almost the same process as you do in your podcast. You okay. interview your friends and then you create the story. Right, right, and right. If right, you're right. paying attention yeah. and put it in, in writing and then put it together with other experiences that you get in life and people are talking about that same thing later on mm -hmm. somewhere down the street but you listen and then you pay attention and then but the topic is about not having enough balls to get the job done <laughs> <laughs> well that's the one that we thought was that had the, the had the lyrics <laughs> more um, <laughs> um 
I guess not political. It's not political, no, right? No, it's it just w- it was supposed to be, but it we never made it there. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. okay. So what? Take this ex- describe that song. Like explain that song a little bit to us. Um, so I know you said like not have enough boss to get that job done, yeah, but break it down a little bit more. You know, in it's it's hard when uh, w- when you build teams. It's difficult to build mm-hmm, teams. Yeah, you want everybody to be on board, uh, but when uh, people are not in the same page, it frustrates you. So yeah. uh, instead of getting down and and getting frustrated because not everybody can make a show or anybody can make a you know game if you're a soccer player or something, um, it's just about writing a song about champions. <laughs> okay. And also, it's, it seems like it's about soccer players that can't show up to gigs. <laughs> to, to games. That's what it's starting to seem like, you know. So. So what comes first, the lyrics or the the music? That one, it was a little bit of both. You know, it was inspired by a friend of ours who was frustrated with. Um, <clears throat> Part of our team and basically said, you know, que clase de bolas. What kind of balls do you have? Yeah, is that, is that, yeah, have? yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. kind of balls do these guys have, you know, doing this to us? And, you know, you run into that a lot. Nobody really is intentionally trying to, you know, hurt the team or anything. Right. It's just sometimes you're put in that position where you're frustrated and you say that. So, um, and we laughed about it and, and Fernando held on to it for a long time and he had a song that he was was uh, developing on the piano and no mostly mostly on the guitar. So some big influence from Willie Colon um, on the melody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's three parts that I played in the guitar, and then I showed it to uh, Johann Sebastian and Ryan, uh-huh. and then uh, jo- Johann started playing the piano to my chords. Okay, and and I was like, oh my god, that sounds so good, and also has a lot of influence from Fruco. So the going to the caballo section were like chaka chica to Colombian so that that section by this but at this point the the only words that you had for it was que clase de bolas um, or did you have my, any other lyrics head, no so in my head in my head I had I had kind of like the melody of the of the verses going okay uh, but I always knew that it was two chords que clase de bolas tiene esta gente no dice nada, nunca de frente. Entonces ahí, and then if I have to talk more about inspiration, then I you throw a little bit of Ruben Blades where you tell, mm-hmm. when you tell the story in two right. verses, but the verses have to be decent. Yeah. <laughs> so um, then you dig in. Everybody kind of digs in, and we sit at the table, and and so you that's kind of how it starts to evolve. You know what instrument to throw in and yeah, you're inspired by the music usually first not always but uh-huh. a lot of times you're inspired by the music and you have the chorus maybe and and then the verses you know they don't write themselves but you sit around and, and throw out ideas and pick the ones that stick and throw the ones other ones away mm-hmm. L- should we listen to that song real quick sure la de clase de bolas I'm not a musician, but your ears just like it's amazing sound. But Ryan or either of you, like break it down for me, like in terms like the the music, the composition, like all that, like what you hear, because you have a lot of English speaking fan base, right? Like people here in Iowa, you know, um, yeah. Muslims speak English. Explain that song in in terms that we can understand it, because it sounds dope. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, explain. The instrumental, the, oh, the sure. like, yeah. I mean, well, 
there's a lot going on there. Right. You know, like, so we start with uh, Juan Carlos Charan uh, from Making Movies. Uh, he was one of the guys who came up and stayed with us. Uh, it was a big part of us getting the bass tracks down in, uh, in December. <clears throat> you know, so, you know, you start with the rhythm. You start with the bass, the mm -hmm. percussion. But then, you know, it kind of transforms over time. You have, um, you layer a trombone on it. Uh, and that was done in Mexico City with uh from a, a cuban trombone player okay who's um a friend of uh sebastian's uncle who is a famous trumpet player from Co uh, from colombia <clears throat> so once you add that on there you know there's just a lot of different there's a lot going on there so you yeah yeah maracas that are recorded uh afterwards you know there's a lot of percussion recorded in my basement actually so the congas were recorded in the basement so mm. were the maracas and then Fernando's cousin in Ecuador recorded Tres over it, which is a Tres Cubano. It's a little uh, you know, six-string guitar, but okay. three double strings. Um, and Eduardo Argandoña. Yeah, Eduardo, Eduardo. And then, you know, so to create the really full sound, you know, we actually went and went to a studio here. Uh, Bob Fitch uh, is the owner of the studio in Mainframe. Mm -hmm. There's a studio there. He has a grand piano. And there's like six microphones on the piano. So, you know, we were really careful about making sure that we had <clears throat> the perfect sound. And then, yeah. and then all of that goes down to an engineer in Colombia who works for Fruco and is a very popular, well-known uh, engineer in, in Medellin, uh, Diego Cano. And Diego is a master of his craft. He really is. And and, and you can listen to it. I mean, both the engineers we've had, uh, the first album, those guys mm -hmm. are amazing and they have lots of... Uh, awards uh diego is also you know he just they don't sound exactly the same you know <clears throat> um but diego has a special way of going about what he does to make it all seem super crisp you can hear all the instruments really well uh -huh. um, everybody has been commenting on how crispy it is uh -huh. and that's a word but, that but but they work together uh, johan sebastian Ramirez Espinosa and Diego, mm -hmm. Cano, the, the way they explain it to me in, in terms of mixing, mm. where at that time of the interview, is that Sebastian is trying to tell him where in space is that bell versus the conga player versus the uh, timbal player. Yeah. Uh, so he's trying to make sure that it sounds like a live show also, mm -hmm. where, yeah. where it's not just things on top of each other, but that the listener can see the spaces and the distance between the musicians. Yeah, because to me, like, you know, I hear it and, you know, everything is glued together, it's put together, and it sounds awesome, but there's just so m many things, thousands of things that happen for yeah. this one song to to come together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Which is impressive. I mean, that's... A lot of the songs have that feel. Um, you know, if you listen to, like, Fiesta, there's... There's a lot happening there. There's a lot of different instrumentation. You're mixing a, a lot of different talents, really. You know, you're mixing um, a guy in Colombia who is uh, Orisha um, and plays bata and is doing bimbe at the beginning and singing on top of that, singing a prayer, essentially. And then, you know, in the mix, in the middle, you have uh, a friend of mine that I played music with for a long time in Colorado who is Moroccan and lives in Paris, who's mm -hmm. playing oud on over the solo. And, you know, then, I don't know, then it, then you have, there's all kinds of different timbres being. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you really have to have somebody, you have to have a really smart <clears throat> group of guys like Juan Sebastian and Diego Cano to m mix all of those together. And, um, you know, that's one of the... Uh, and I feel the, their passion is on point. They, right. they really uh, love... Um, music for what it is right if fernando and i did it it would not sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's listen to one song with because i know that the name joan sebastian keeps on popping up and we'll yeah. talk about him here in a, in a little bit but uh let's listen to the which one um travesura is that the one that you guys are using there's a music video that you that yep. um tell us about the the song and the music it's video the, the first single of the, of this album okay the first single um Joan Sebastian is singing on this mm -hmm. one, right? So, then did you also... Mi compay, uh, Johan, uh, he... Uh, Johan or Joan? <laughs> Juan, Johan. ¿cómo dice todo el nombre? What's Johan, the Johan Sebastian 
Ramírez Espinosa. Yo, Sebastián. Pero es Juan Sebastián. Juan Sebastián. A ver, ponla, Kenji. Negra, dime qué hacer para colmar esta calentura. A mi compay, Fernando Aveiga y Ryan Mullick en Des Moines, Iowa, carajo. Aquí me tienes pensando en hacerte travesuras. Negra, dime qué hacer para colmar. Claro, when you sing in the back of vocals. Sabes, con tu boquita tus palabras me curan. Oh, ya las que Tus caricias y besos desbordan mi locura. Matemática perfecta. Okay, so I have a question. So, I mean, I've heard your music, you know, for years here. So, one of the things that pop into somebody that's familiar with you is that this guy... His voice pops out right immediately, mm -hmm. um, and he's the one you're talking about. That him and Diego are, are their passion is. It, it, did they elevate this? Tell tell us about this Joan Sebastian gentleman and like and how he's playing a crucial role in this in this album. Yeah, um, he's he's a brother and uh, his family for sure. Uh, we've uh, since 2018 that we met, we uh, we connected from day one. Uh, we definitely have um, our hearts <laughs> together uh, in and minds too. So um, he's uh, a super gifted uh, musician, and and he's all of the above in music. You know, he writes, composes, directs. Uh, also, a, um, in academia, he's a professor at the University of Antioquia, which oh. is uh, top top three in in Colombia. And for the Department of Music, but he's also in the pop uh, scene, playing with so many bands locally. And we're just lucky that he's so gifted that he got a uh, uh, full scholarship to go to the University of Iowa and that he is a true salsero that was looking to play salsa. So he came to he's in Colombia, but so he's so in Colombia. He's so you guys. Flew him. If we have a, you know, a tour in the Midwest. He'll come. He'll come and, yeah. and rock. Uh, He'll be here in February. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to do the Bravo Gala. <clears throat> and so Juan Sebastian uh, and Johnny Perez will come up, and um, so will our bass player uh, from Argentina. So it's kind of, it's a long way to travel for a two-hour gig. Yeah, Bravo, yeah, yeah. But we're going to try to do some other things, maybe get some other recordings done, some videos, and then do a CD release at a, we don't know where that's going to be at yet, but that'll probably be the week after uh, in February, then essentially we don't know. We might, if we can find some other places to play, we'll do that. But if not, then they'll, they'll head back and then we will look forward to, you know, we're trying, what we're trying to do is focus on six, you know, four to six weeks, a couple of times a year for the group okay. to get together oh, okay. and then really focus on putting all of our time to good use um, <clears throat> uh, with the groups, you know, for, with the musicians from sure. out of the country. So there's this like huge collaboration from like international yeah, collaboration took to get this album done. Yeah, and in the in a weird way, they all have a con uh, connection with Iowa. Mm -hmm. Whether that is the new and, okay. and you know, Juan Sebastian uh, really brought in some a lot of connections from Medellin from the professional musicians that he plays with. So, okay, so like on Travesuras, you have Edward um, <coughs> Lavada uh, Mon Montoya, Montoya, Edward Montoya, trombone player for Grupo Nietzsche. Okay, and Willie Colón. Yeah, so he lives in the area and, and is friends with Juan, Juan Sebastian. So he's on, he plays on a couple of tracks. He plays Bombadino, which is like a soloing tuba uh -huh. uh, on Travesuras on the end. And then Johnny, um, or Johan Eyes, um, is another guy playing clarinet there, also a friend. And they play on a couple of songs for us. No Te Falta Nada is one of the songs um, that were on the part two download. Okay. And that song was actually done. We we went to Colombia in June and recorded that with all of uh, Sebastian's connections, essentially. So, Juan Sebastian, this album wouldn't be the same without Juan Sebastian. There's no doubt about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. So why why this song? Why Travesuras to be the first single or the first song that um, you guys call it single? 
you know, I mean, it's 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 an interesting mix. Um, we have another one, you know, so the album's kind of broken up into salsa, um, some kind of cumbia, vallenato style, uh-huh. and then like some some uh, uh, some other mixes that, you know, that are a little further away from the popular genres that people listen to. Uh-huh. But I think Travesuras is a really cool way to show the collaboration of everybody. You have Joey Camarillo, who's, you know, a Killen Banda uh, band leader um, from, where is he from? So he's from Guanajuato, and he's the one of the Camarillo's uh, kids from the big Camarillo maestro that uh, uh, with Banda Trancaso and other big bands. Uh, from central Mexico, mm. uh, but uh, he has the Institute of Music, Amarillo Institute of Music out of Council Bluffs, um, okay. Iowa, and he is the leader of the Traviesos Band, which is a band of, made out of children, and also he's got his own um, big band group, okay. uh, and also other groups. Uh, it's banda, no? Banda? banda? Yeah, he's, he's a banda maestro. But, okay. but he also is an engineer for many groups in California and Mexico. So he mixes and masters. And his studio is amazing um, in Console Bluffs. Uh, but he's actually currently recording in Mexico for musical groups there. But the, the thing with him is that for Travesuras... Not only he is doing the the tuba, okay. but he's mixing and engineering that song, um, and uh, everybody in Colombia worked with him, and we worked with him, and so that's the song that kind of, com- kind of uh, encapsulates like almost what the album is, which is a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we ran into a song uh, that's banda. Like yeah, yep. cuánto cuesta? Cuánto cuesta? <laughs> so yeah. So that's actually one of the songs because it's kind of a production, you know, like Fernando and I, and Juan Sebastian uh, as well. You know, kind of see it. Nobody's well. Uh, how do I say this? So it's we're open to whatever. So right. Cuánto like, cuesta is a song that Fernando wrote and worked with Joey Camarillo to produce essentially, and none of us play on it. Mm-hmm. It's the first song that I think we've done that not that. You know, Fernando wrote and we produced, but uh, we don't play on it. So right. if there's certain elements <coughs> that somebody else can do better, essentially, you know, yeah. then we just get out of the way and let them do it. I see. Um, so it's definitely the whole album. This whole album is definitely a, a, a huge collaboration of people, sometimes that we haven't even met. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so in terms of Travesuras and the songwriter writing part of it, uh, that's another song that... Uh, that try to bring the new chapter. Um, if you listen to the lyrics on on the first album, um, Only Mary Jane is a love song. Uh-huh. And uh, and the idea was that we all went out, uh, out of our way to basically uh, try to put all of our um, musical power in the first album and without having to use love songs as a resource. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but for this album, I made it a point as a songwriter to write uh, songs of conquest, of, of the conquest. Oh, of, I see. And all, not only to write them, but also to recruit songwriters that, w- that had good songs. So if you if you listen to Solo y Desesperado, that's an Eric Colón song that is, is also about conquest. Uh, if you listen to No Te Falta Nada, is a... Uh, Somebody, Eduardo, uh, Eduardo Argandoña, my cousin, who's also about love conquest, um, plus travesuras, plus cuanto cuesta, okay. even, even clase de bolas is about love conquest, but conquer, that's conquering the people, inspire people to, to work hard, basically. Yeah. Um, and um, that, that's, it's conceptually different. And Gran Chantaje, I mean, the biggest black male in the world is love. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Um, so what happens? Like you guys go on tour, and then you guys gotta do Cuanto Cuesta. You guys are you guys are gonna bring the whole band? No, no, oh, hell so, yeah. Yeah, but hopefully, hopefully, yeah. I mean, um, we'll either get shot, you know, if it's if we're playing in Mexico, <laughs> <laughs> stab somebody. No, uh, no, no. Uh, we'll play it. We'll play it. It will it will sound me and the guitar. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So just like a, a, a different, different version of it. Yeah, so it's like a waltz. Okay. It's a waltz. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. We'll play more Peruvian style. 
Oh, okay. Yep. All okay. of it, all of it live will sound not quite a bit. It depends on which song. Like Tavasudas, we won't have a tuba on it. There won't be the big solos. At he the goes end. crazy on that one too. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, and then in the bombardino, and you have you have other elements that are taking up that space, but it's um, <clears throat> unless you know. We can really hit it huge, and someone's going to pay us a lot of money. Uh. Then, then yeah, sure. <laughs> then we, we'd have we'd bring uh, Joey and the whole team of banda players to back us up, or hire someone locally to do that song, or um, if that, because that's also the kind of the the game. And you know, what one way that we kind of see it is that there's different markets for all the songs. You know, like, right. like right, right, right. someone who loves dancing salsa in Cali probably isn't going to pick up on Cuanto Cuesta or even Travesuras for that matter, but I feel like our fan base understands that we play a lot of salsa, but we also play cumbia, which is also very. I mean, if you go, if you watch a salsa band, they will play one cumbia once in a while. I mean, they're just gonna no. You'll do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's that's how art works, you right, know. Right. You do whatever you want and whatever you like, whatever makes you feel good. That's exactly it, yeah. and that's what we've always focused on. <clears throat> so. And that's what makes us happy, you know? I mean, like, you could see, like, sometimes when you go, I, I love salsa music, I love all salsa bands that I see, but sometimes, you know, like, uh, fifth song, and you, you're not bored, but you're like, yeah, I'm going to go take a break, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and, right. And, if, and if it was a merengue tune, then you might be like, oh, maybe I'm going to stay, but, uh, or a cumbia. But usually, usually there's not a lot of crossover in those groups. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Don't, I mean, you go see El Gran Combo, they are going to play one cumbia if they're in Colombia, you know? Um, this plays a little bit of the consistency. I'm gonna go a little bit back because uh, sure. you guys did a uh, an event called Rocola at the Copacabana or a couple other places, but yep. where you had a, a, a salsa vibe or norteño PLC and then a norteño, Maquinaria. And, yeah. <laughs> so this is consistent with what you guys kind of been estrofia, estrofia, uh, yes. Estrofia. And then we even had the snacks one time too. Which was be I, like yeah. you know, hip hop and things like that, but you know that's kind of euphoria. <laughs> euphoria. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> euphoria. right. Euphoria. So yeah, the the album is consistent with how you guys are, like the personality of the band, almost right. Like if and you the, bring and just in as, as musicians too, you know, we like to listen to everything. You yeah. Know, like one Sebastian is is crazy talented in in all styles of music, but also likes rock music, you know, and and also all, tango. Yeah, he, he leads tango groups, um, and you wouldn't know it unless he told you, you know what I mean? So it's <laughs> definitely going to be a tango <laughs> song in the next album. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Uh, it's it's going to be called Antonio Masomangos. Antonio Masomangos. Antonio Masomangos. <laughs> Let's listen to, this is one of my personal ones that I was like, oh, this one I like. This is the uh, No Te Rompas, No Te Rompa El Coco. Opa. Everything has been invented. this one fall like a genre this is <coughs> it's like salsa salsa right salsa from colombia okay Cali style maybe or I, I think he was going for the classical cuban oh cuban yeah. okay okay uh, okay classical cuban sound and and with a majestic uh lyric uh uh about uh don't suffer don't get stressed out everything has been invented 
and, and <laughs> everything is him. And, and if you want to know the truth, you gotta come to the truth, uh, to the truth world of salsa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also work within tradition, right? You know, yeah. like focus on the traditional parts of it, and and don't overthink it. Have fun and and uh, move along. You know, you're not going to create a whole brand new style of salsa. Uh, music, you know? There's okay. no need to. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. All you have to do is follow the tradition and and uh, and. You know, don't hurt your your brain too much. You know, which one's your favorite, Fernando? Um, I think it's Clase de Bolas, uh, <laughs> because because it was the songwriting process. Even though you know, I bring, I make sure I bring paragraphs uh-huh. and a lot of writing. Yeah, uh, it got chopped up. Uh, the lyrics got chopped up in in real time uh, uh-huh. with. Uh, Sebastian being there and with Ryan being there at the same time that we were working on the arrangements. So it was almost like uh, the addition of the lyrics, the addition of the arrangements were done in real time. So you like kind of say come to life like in front of you. It wasn't subcontracted to other genius friends. It was all done in a dining room. Okay. Uh, Fortunately, he's got his piano next to the dining room. So once in a while, Sebas will jump in there, or even I, or okay. even him, will jump in there to throw ideas and then keep going, you know. And the guitar is there too, and um, I That's think that, that that has a lot of power uh, collaboration from the top to the to the end. Uh, however, um, I have to say that um, I really I, I've been listening to the song that we recorded in June uh, in Medellin, uh, "Not to Falta Nada." I like that one a lot. Okay. <laughs> What about you? What about you? What's uh, what's yours? You know, they it's kind of hard to pick because you know they like because <clears throat> they they're all a little bit different. Yeah. So I like that it, it's always bringing a new style. Uh, each song is like, okay, this is happening now. You know. Yeah. So I, I like the diversity of all the tunes. Um, I think SOS Jano is probably one that I think was kind of came out of nowhere and uh, is is a unique style. Of, you know, of mixing. Oropo, which is a style of uh, from the Los Llanos in Colombia, uh, Musica Genera. It's kind of like that. It's kind of based on that. And it's, you know, SOS Llano <coughs> is the story of that in a way. Uh, but it also kind of has reflections of Iowa in it. And it was a cool collaboration. We didn't know that one was, you know, all of it was kind of made up. <laughs> like it's not which, really which one is the one that has like a different language or like they speak in tongue in the beginning? Oh, that's Larry D. Larry is D. that Larry D? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Larry okay. D. So that's. Uh, I thought it was Larry D. I, I mentioned, I was like, that sounds like Larry D. So that's Mira Oye. And that's also another song that we wrote right after we got back from Puerto Rico. Uh, uh-huh. it, was a, it was a, you know, a, basically a theme that I had on guitar that I was playing and kind of developing. And then we spent some time with it. And then uh, Sebastian came and we showed it to him and he just flipped it on its head and 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 took over essentially and just made it into you know a little masterpiece of his own which and again that's one of those things where you just step away yeah 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 and, uh, it's got like a lot of like afro feel to it like yeah, much more than beat. you know because like i mean i think we need to agree that like this is african music right evolve right. into what it is now but this one sounds more afro right mm-hmm. am i wrong i no, mean no, I don't, i'm not a musician you're right, so you're right so i mean it's like a style, uh, um, it's a couple of different styles, really, that are mixed together. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a really great percussionist named Juan Pablo Oso- Osorio. And Juan Pablo, I w- was introduced to him. We were I was working on some Colombian music and styles uh, through Juan Sebastian when we met. Um, and then on my first trip down to Medellin, we met and had some coffee and hung out and played some music and, you know, just kind of discussed working together and um, this was a song that had so many twists and turns to it that we weren't able to even get close. This one, the one that... The, uh, Mira Oye, Mira Mira Oye okay. The kind of Afrobeat or uh, Champeta or Chande or... There's, there's lots of different references throughout the yeah, tune. Yeah, there's yeah. salsa references, there's cumbia references, uh, you know, dance hall. It finishes up with dance hall with uh, uh, Larry D. Fomsi. And um, <clears throat> so... That's one of those songs that just went way off the rails and just like started to. Can fly. we play it real quick? Let's let's hear. It. I thought it was pretty dope because that's another thing that even though it's not like complete banda, right? Like like the like uh, Cuanto Cuesta, but it still is kind of holding a space of its own mm-hmm. in the album, right? Like it's yep. not. A ver, dale, Kenji. Mm-hmm. 
this the one? Kenji, I think I don't know if this is the one that I was talking about, but um, uh, there's one that's like talking in tongue almost. Is yeah, this it? Is this it? Like it's later? No, maybe you're thinking of fiesta. Oh, fiesta. fiesta. Fiesta with the uh, with yeah, I mean the um, Orisha language or yeah, that's the one. Yoruba. Yeah, language. yeah. What is that? Okay. Yeah, this one. This is a guy uh, named Chumbi, mm-hmm. and he's a he's a great friend of one Sebastian's. We went over to Chumbi's house when we were down there, and okay. learned about his group. He has and he's he's singing this. He's a priest in in the Yoruba religion. Oh, um, so he's he's saying some things in that language. And he's got a school a school where he learns. He sounds like he's technique. like a cre- like doing like a shaman, you know. Uh, That's exactly uh, what it is. Yeah. So it's. It's an idea that uh, Sebastian had when we were going to... It, it was just an idea he had, so he was mm-hmm. able to put it together with these guys. So this is another one um, that was crazy because we we wrote it, um, I would say, three or two days before we got in the studio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, I was sober at the time, and I started <laughs> like... And I, and, and I had to play bass on that rehearsal. So... It was um, Juan Sebastián, uh, Ryan. It was uh, Juan Carlos Chaurant, the making movies. Joined bass in a rehearsal room, trying to get ready for recording, and uh, and these guys were singing upstairs in the piano, mm-hmm. fiesta, which sounds also like uh, the song Medellín by Grupo Nietzsche, but that's mm-hmm. something else. And uh, that got stuck in my head. And then I, I, when they came down to the uh, rehearsing room, I asked Sebas, I said, what were you doing up there? And he showed it to me. And then I started playing on the bass. And I just start, these guys start following. The other guys starts following. Three hours later, we were only working on that song. Oh, and wow. we were writing that song. And we brought that song fresh, completely fresh, new uh, to the, the recording session, Fiesta. Mm-hmm. And then... then uh, Sebastian talked to his uh, so priest, and he's the one that put the the last touches on it, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. They did a session with Sebastian. Did a session with him, and they have some singing at the end as well. And then, and then we also had, uh, yeah. So Mohammed played in Paris on this one on the oud on the solo, and then uh, Tim Sanders did all the saxophones in Minneapolis. Um, and sent that down to Colombia to be added to the mix. So and so we've only heard like four or five right now. So needless to say, like you can pretty much tell the whoever's gonna listen to the to the album, like you can expect anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <coughs> or what can they expect? <laughs> That's well, you can expect uh, a potpourri, <laughs> a potpourri of yeah. party, mu- party music, right? Yeah. So that's the idea, right? We're parranderos, so we're the party right. guys. Yeah. Everything we do will have to have some kind of, uh, uh, it'll be for fun. You yeah. Know? It's about spreading, you know, happiness really more than anything. So how do you do that? Well, how, that's, this is how we do that, you know. Right, we, right, right, right. We, uh, we um, you know, collaborate with musicians. We keep little tiny dreams alive, you know, mm-hmm. like you have like little songs that are in your head. Um, that you're like, oh, I can't wait till we meet again so we can sit down, we can share a couple of ideas, see if people like it. Sometimes people like it, sometimes they don't. So mm-hmm. there's a whole mm-hmm. list that are on back order. That <laughs> we're just like, you know, you like toss out and guys are like, uh, oh, I don't know, man, let's try this other way. <laughs> like, oh, the way I explain it is, or the way I understand it, is like a big senate where you throw in song ideas and there's uh-huh. some, like there's some songs that I wanted to record with Remendados that I haven't yet been able to record with Parranderos uh-huh. that, I, that I still haven't erased from the list. Hopefully someday someone will like it. You have to be able to like <laughs> s- yeah. put your ego aside in these type of projects, yeah, right? You yeah. can't have an ego. Yet. Yeah. No, I mean, you still have an ego. It's just, it's <laughs> <laughs> you get to see little cuts. So then <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's okay. I mean, that's part of it. You know, like afterwards you realize, um, you don't have to control everything, you know, and and kind of let it flow. Right. Um, it flow. Because sometimes, you know, like, you know, Juan Sebastian definitely has a ton of ideas and is mm-hmm. pushing and always pushing us to be better and is, is great at that. You know, I mean, he's definitely a director uh-huh. um, and is always wanting us to do better. You know what I mean? Um, and that's great. Um, 
but there's some things you're not going to be able to do. Yeah. So you just have to be like, okay, I can't do that. You know? So, <laughs> so what do you do? You don't give up. You collaborate. All right. You right. Right. Who's, you know, better at that. Um, and then move on, you know, mm-hmm. um, regardless of if, if it's something that's super close to your ego. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So you just step aside and, 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 and then the party sounds way better. So, yeah. So you, you're saying that February will be, uh, a uh, an event that um that is a pu- public event it is yeah it's the bravo gala um and you know i think it's it's a fundraiser for the administration costs for bravo which um <coughs> helps uh arts organizations uh through writing or uh doing uh funding of different grants and they it's not a really a complicated position that they have but you can go to Bravo and, and learn all about it specifically. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we were lucky enough to be invited uh, to kind of warm up the group or warm up the, the crowd. Uh, and then they have dinner. And we play some music over that. But we're basically the party band when you walk in. Okay. So, you know, it's, you know, if everybody gets here, fine, you know, with the flights and everything. <laughs> it'll be great. Yeah. And, you know, out of respect to them, we won't be playing a gig on Friday night before it or Sunday after, you know. Um, but the week after, hopefully we'll have the CDs by then. We're going to just do a small amount of CDs and nobody okay. CDs anymore. You order a computer, there's no CD player with it. There's no right. cars that have CDs, but, but, you know, we still have to sell a product essentially, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of DJs that want the, you know, the wave files versus the MP3s that are being played on your phone. So hopefully we'll be able to do, we'll put together something the week after that, um, and if we can find another gig, then maybe we'll stay one more week. But it'll probably be just those two weekends, and then we'll move on. So you, you guys are in it for the music, right? Like, this is a... Yeah, I mean, you don't want to spend too much money on it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> of your own money, you know? Uh, we didn't go too far overboard on this. The, one that the, the, the first one, we did really well because we did a lot of fundraising, and we saved the whole band kind of... We did a lot of... We played because all the musicians were here in Des Moines, so we saved a lot of that money. <clears throat> to use on that trip but um yeah we're in it we're in it for the music we're in it for you know um you know some people spend their creative time doing other things yeah this is how we spend this our is how time. you yeah. um instead of i don't know getting together and watching a football game we get together and right. write songs and talk about music and um so yeah it's a what do you so what do you like the best fernando like the the, the, the writing or the the, the instrument playing um, I like I like it all. I had like the whole process because um, even you have to learn how to like to <laughs> load in and load out, and how to deal with weather changes. Sure. Um, how to deal with all of it, um, but it's it's the hardest thing I do, definitely. Like, uh, and we know each other for many years, and I like to do different things, stay active. And, uh, but music is the hardest gig that I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, the, it's the most difficult thing. No matter if it's on the creative side or the, uh, on the producing or in the execution, on the rehearsal, whatever it is, is the hardest thing. Uh, so it takes the most amount of energy. But that's what's exciting, you know. It's, I think, um, every time. Uh, is it the one that you love the most? Definitely. Yeah. But people ask me, if you uh, ha- if you had a uh, a hit um, master hit on the radio, would you uh, sell houses? And I tell them, well, I tell you this: if I knew about what it is to be a realtor when I was eighteen, I would have been a realtor since I was eighteen, uh, regardless if I'm a musician or a tennis player. But uh, having said that, I would I would love to have a hit on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, travesuras. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, we like to play more and do, uh, produce more music. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. By the time we hit the stage, there's been there's so much that goes into it. Right. Um, you know, obviously, booking, uh, all the contracts <coughs> involved in booking. Um, what part do you, sorry, not to interrupt you, but let me ask yeah. you the same question. Like, what part do you enjoy the most? Like, I, Fernando was describing those moments where, like, the the... The song is kind of coming alive, you know, right in front of you. Or it's all it's all really nerve wracking. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, a little bit, but you know, it it, it kind well, of it has it, to be because if it's not, then what's is right. it even worth it, right? It, like, I mean, you know, I mean, like, 
the studio part of it is really, really fun. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about your limits. You learn a lot about how you play. Okay. And you're, I mean, and it can be a little depressing because you're like, oh, I have to fix that. You know what I mean? But, but then you learn how to do that. Yeah. You know, the next time you play, it's better. So I would say the most, the best part about it is playing live. There's okay. No about that. Yeah. Yeah. When, especially if, we don't have to load in the equipment, you know. You like, just show up. <laughs> yeah, like playing festivals is definitely the most fun you can have. Okay. Um, interacting with the other groups, um, and getting on the stage and having to perform um, is something that jamming, I, jamming, and everybody yeah. loves that in the group. You know, I mean, like this one. You know, we we we're self-releasing this album, <clears throat> uh-huh. so we're not putting it onto streaming services until we hit a number that we like, uh, as far as. M- making a dollar on the product that sure. we produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, we're just not going to hand it over, you know. Okay, so we'll, yeah. have, we'll have, you can go to YouTube and watch Tavesudas. Okay. You can go to parranderosmusic.com and purchase the album right. and get all of that. But we'll kind of slowly put out the singles. You'll be able to watch them on YouTube. You'll be able to watch them on our video, on our website, but you won't be able to stream it right, right, for right. a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason about is because we want to create... I don't know. We want to not gain respect from it, but kind of respect music and respect the process just yeah. a little bit more instead of just handing it over to right, right, Spotify right. and be like, hey, hopefully you listen on Spotify, you know? Yes. At least. Um, so <clears throat> so this one, yeah, I mean, like we were talking about, you know, the album it comes in two parts on the, on the, on the website right. because I do all the web or I'm doing the web design for this one, which... I do that for work at the gallery, but um, it's not something I would say I really enjoy doing. <laughs> and, like I said, it's just nerve-wracking BS. Right, so right, right. Webmaster, right. webmaster info at parranderosmusic.com. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, so on New Year's Eve, we're trying to release it on, on, on New Year's Eve at yeah. midnight, essentially, yeah. on New Year's Day yeah. at 1 o'clock or 12.01 in the morning. And at like 10 o'clock when I'm uploading all the songs, I learned that I can only upload 10 songs. <laughs> so I had a really nice conversation with the guys at GoDaddy. Um, I'm sure they enjoyed that. But, um, <clears throat> but you know, that's one of the elements that, you know, nobody's going to do it for you. And you can't find somebody that's going to be up at 10 o'clock on New Year's Eve right. uploading your, your stuff because, yeah. you know, really it took that long to have everything perfect. Right. Um, and, you know, our engineer in, in Medellin was actually working that day, working that day, finishing some things for wow. us for the release. And that's kind of how it happens. You know, it all happens really quick. Also, the engineer uh, in Mexico, he was also working with the guy in Medellin to get it all done the 34th. Yeah. So then you and then and then you just can't upload 13 songs. Yeah. So like, what's going on? Man? What's going on? And then I call them. It's like, can we do something creative? You know? And they're like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like know, sorry. Ro- and Roses, Illusion One, Illusion Two. Yeah, yeah. Then I was like, yeah, it's kind of like uh, use your or booze your delusion or whatever it's called. But that's kind of part of the game, isn't it? Like it's just no, nothing is ever easy. There's always hurdles. There's always curbs. Definitely, uh, you always have to pivot. You got to right. be ready to just pivot and be like, okay, there's part one, there's part two, but I can't tell people that you know i have to email them the link so i had to email uh, to every single person that orders and now i have to email them a link but but then i you know i woke up the other day and i'm like oh just put it in a zip folder but then it compresses the files yeah and there's always something you know what i mean so now i'm going to learn about help raw. us kg help us so so is is it is okay so the music is awesome right like in the performing and the like but is it is part of that addictive to the 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 not knowing what's going to happen and like problem solving. Is that part of the, that's part of the, that's part of what we like doing. Right. Is, is it? You it's know, definitely it's something all about like. problem solving. Right. It's all like about, it. and that's class of it is about that. It's about problem solving, coming back together, building the team up and being champions. Um, get it done. Get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Get it done is a big part of it. No doubt. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, gentlemen, I think we can, uh, go on another hour or two and i think we need to talk about how you guys met in the next episode and (laughs) how i mean i'm sure a lot of people are like how is a white guy from iowa (laughs) you know playing uh all these instruments in a latin band um that's another one that's uh and i mean i'm mulling wiki (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I, I moved to Tampa when I was 18. That's where it started. <laughs> so, but, you know, I mean, I've, I spent enough time with you guys that I've heard, like, thousands of stories from you. You traveled, you know, to all different countries and, and played and have a 
awesome stories. Um, so we got to do this again. Sure. So, but um, find the album at parranderosmusic.com. Parranderosmusic.com. Mm -hmm. And any party, bookings, festivals, anything, it's 515-782-5174. Iowa, 7825174. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Just you can find in. us on, on Facebook, too, is a great place, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To see the information, to watch the videos. Is that too. Parranderos or PLC? Mm, I think it's... It's Parranderos Latin Combo. Parranderos Latin Combo. Okay. And we'll put the links and stuff oh, cool. on the on the video. and uh, But it was a great album, man. I, I got to listen to the rest of it because I, I didn't get the... But um, the ones that I've heard and the ones that we've heard are, are pretty awesome. So it's fun. I want to thank you guys for making time. And I'm sure we'll have to do this sometime. Yeah, let us know anytime. Awesome. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks, boss. Abner. Thank Cheers, you. Brother. All right. Thanks, Kenji. There you have it. Parranderos. That's it. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how they, uh, their, like, network is, like, international. So, and it's amazing how when musicians are in one project, like, how they can make this into a reality because. Right, it's like what I said uh, before. They're like a Frankenstein of bands. Right, right, right. They managed so to they like all these, all these guys from everywhere. Yeah, you can tell in the music like that the these guys are passionate about it, and like nothing about this band or this collaboration or this uh, new album. Uh, it's like not half-assed. Like these guys are in it for the love of it. So, so I want to thank everybody for. Like still listening to us and uh, um, sharing and commenting. All, all seven people, <laughs> thank you. All seven, all seven people that are listening still to the, to this podcast. What? Thank what? You. What makes you think it's seven? Uh just the the numbers. <laughs> I can see the numbers. <laughs> well, we're gonna cut that asshole. Cut that. Uh, yeah. Cut that. But anyways, thank you everybody for whoever listens to this, whoever watches this, whoever shares it, and we're gonna keep having conversations. A uh, boxer, a local boxer, also came and talked to us, Diego. So you guys so check out for that, and then many, many, many more things. We're gonna be ramming the next episode too. It's coming soon, very soon. Ramming, ramming it. We're gonna <laughs> ram it. We're gonna we're gonna ram this episode <laughs> onto you, <laughs> onto you all. We're gonna ram it. <laughs> all right, thank you, yeah, everybody, thrusted. and we'll see you later. Later, mm -hmm. ramming. <laughs> <laughs>